Now, I want to talk to you today based upon the theme of uh, something that a lot of Christians struggle with. Um, in fact, I think a lot of Christians uh, would admit that they do not have victory uh, in this area in their lives. And that is complete victory. And I'm talking about sharing our faith or witnessing or sharing the gospel or making disciples. I believe a lot of Christians struggle with that. Uh, they know they're supposed to do it. They know God commands them to do it. But it's the actual doing of it that they really struggle with. And they don't do it, at least not on a regular basis. Now, you remember we're talking about numbering our days and making our days count. In fact, we've got one more message after today. And we're going to be done with this series. So we have today and then next Sunday. Then the next Sunday is uh, Youth Sunday. It's going to be a great day on that day as well. So make sure you're here. But I want to talk to you a little bit today about making disciples. Before we do, let's look at that theme verse again. And I assume by now that most of you have this memorized. We've said it together every time we've looked at this. And uh, you can close your eyes, you can look away, but uh, if you want to read it off the screen, you can. But you know, it's Psalm 90, verse 12. And so let's say it together out loud today, can we? So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Now, you know, we're looking at some of the non-negotiables in life, some of the things that have to be in our lives, some of the musts that we have to have in our lives to make our days really count for eternity, to have a true heart of wisdom. And we've got to include this whole idea of evangelism and discipleship. If we're going to make our days count, we must spend time making disciples. We must spend time making disciples. We know the command is the Great Commission. And we're going to look at that together today. If you open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. And we know it as the Great Commission. But sadly, it's become the Great Omission in so many places and in so many lives. And so I want to go to a very familiar passage today. And I want to challenge us and I want to encourage us to live this out in our lives. And it may be that as we begin, you need to start like I started. As I began plunging into this afresh and anew, I had to start in repentance and confession. Admitting that I have not done as I ought in this area. I've not done as much as I should have. And it may be that's where you need to begin today. And if so, I want to encourage you to do that. Just go ahead and, and tell the Lord, listen, Lord, I, I've asked your forgiveness. I've not been making disciples like I should have. Because I'm not here today to beat you up. I'm not here today to beat you down. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. I want to encourage myself and challenge myself to dive into this whole idea of making disciples and making it a lifestyle. So if you need to confess that and get right, go ahead and do it right now. And then we're going to read the words of Jesus in Matthew 28. Now, we're in the very last chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, if you have a red letter Bible, uh, you see that these last verses are mostly uh, in red uh, ink, uh, therefore signifying the words of the Lord Jesus. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. You can follow along in your copy of God's word. I also put these up on the screen today. It says, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even to the end of the age. Amen. 
Now, beloved, if you look at that uh, passage in the Greek language, the main command is to make disciples, make disciples. Then you have three participles in the Greek. You do that by going, that is go. You do it by baptizing and you do it by teaching. And so the main command is to make disciples. And the way you do that is by going, by baptizing, and by teaching. And we're going to talk about that a lot in just a little bit. But before we do, I want to just give you a little side note. Did you notice as we read that passage together that there was a theme in there surrounding the word all? A-L-L, the word all. It talks about he has all authority. We're to go to all nations. We're to teach all things I commanded you and always, or it could be rendered all the days he will be with us. If you'd like to mark your Bible, I would encourage you. There's a theme there with the theme of all. Now, before we get into this idea of making disciples by going, by baptizing and by teaching, I want us to look at something else in this passage that I think gets overlooked. Um, We get so focused on going and baptizing and teaching, we miss something. Or maybe I should say we miss someone who is extraordinarily important. If we read that quickly, we may miss the fact that there's a great emphasis upon Jesus Christ himself. In fact, in these few short verses, Jesus references himself several times. I want you to notice in verse 18, he mentions his authority. He mentions his authority before he says go. He says in verse 18, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And this serves as the motive for what he's about to tell us to do, to go and to baptize and to uh, teach as we're making disciples. But he says, listen, all authority has been given to me, not just in heaven, but upon earth. He is Lord of all. And when it comes to this whole idea of witnessing and and sharing the gospel, you may really struggle and you may be unsure about it. In fact, in your more honest moments, you would say, listen, I just sit around asking myself, can I really do this? Can I really open my mouth? Can I really go out and share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? We got to remember that Jesus said before he said, go, he said, I have all authority. I love what Wearsby said. He said, since Jesus Christ today has all authority, we may obey him without fear. No matter where he leads us, no matter what circumstances we face, he is in control. By his death and resurrection, Jesus defeated all enemies and won for himself all authority. And so if you're sitting here today saying, well, I'm not sure about this. Listen, the one who's sending you is the one who has all authority. He's in control. You need not fear. But then I keep I kept reading here and I noticed that Jesus mentions his commands in verse 20. He mentions his commands in verse 20. He tells his disciples to go and teach them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And perhaps it's it's this fear that keeps you from witnessing. I think one of the greatest fears that people have when it comes to sharing their faith is this. I'm not sure what to say. And I'm afraid they'll ask me a question that I don't know how to answer. And yet I read here that Jesus tells us what to say. And he tells us what to share. And he says, I want you to tell them what I've told you. I want you to share with them my commands. 
And so if you're fearful today, realize He's given you the message to share. And by the way, the message is Him. He is the message. And He mentions that uh, He has all authority. He mentions to tell them His commands, what He's taught. And then He says in that same verse, verse 20, He mentions His presence. I love the end of verse 20. Where Jesus says to His disciples, and He says to us, Lo... I'm with you always. I'm with you all the days, even to the end of the age. Did you notice when it comes to the Great Commission that Jesus bookends the Great Commission? At the beginning, he says, I have all authority. And at the end, he says, I'm always with you. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. And he bookends the Great Commission before he says, go and baptize and make disciples. He says, listen, I have all authority. And as you're going at the end, he says, what? I'm always with you. Now, witnessing and sharing your faith can be scary, can't it? You're fearful. You may feel all alone. You're, you're fearing rejection. You feel like maybe sometimes you're all by yourself and maybe you are the only Christian where God has placed you. Maybe in the workplace, maybe in your classroom, wherever it is, in a group of people you come upon. You're the only believer there and you feel all alone. But listen, Jesus says, no, you're not alone. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I'm always with you. Fear doesn't need to grip us. He has all authority. He's given us the message. He is the message and he's always with us. I don't want you to miss the emphasis upon Jesus in this passage before we actually go and talk about the making disciples part. Because Jesus is the key to all of this. He has authority. He is the message. And he is with us as we go. Now, let's go look at that whole idea now of making disciples. He tells us to make disciples. That's the main command here. Then you have those three participles by going By baptizing and by teaching. So that's kind of the how of making disciples. So first of all, we make disciples by going. The Bible says here, go therefore. In the original language, in the Greek, it literally can be rendered this way. As you are going. Or while you are going. As you are going. Hmm. Think about that for a moment. There's a sense, beloved, where this is to be a part of our everyday life. We sometimes think this way. Well, if I'm going to be a missionary, if I'm going to share the faith, I need to buy a plane ticket. Or I need to get in a van, a 15 passenger van with a bunch of other people and travel hundreds of miles away and then go there and spend all this time so I can be a missionary and I can share the gospel and I can make disciples. But beloved, We don't have to go far from home to make disciples. We don't have to go far from home to be a missionary Uh, as we're as we are going while you're going to school, while you're going to work, while you're going to the grocery store, while you're going to the ball game, while you're going to all these places. As you are going, as you're living out your life, as you're going day by day, make disciples. And so that means that we have to be alert and aware And sensitive to the Spirit's leading. Because if we're going to make disciples of people, we're going to have to at some point share the gospel with them. We've got to talk about the death and the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to talk about things like sin and repentance and faith. 
Our conversations that we're having, at some point, they must transition into a gospel conversation where we, where we bring Jesus into our discussion. And sometimes that happens all at once. Sometimes it's a relationship you have. Maybe you see someone and over time you build into that and you drop a word about Jesus here and you mention Jesus there. And over time, that conversation develops. But we've got to have gospel conversations. We've got to have times where we're going to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. And so as we go about our lives, as we go to work and school or wherever it is you find yourself going, as you're going, you're supposed to be making disciples. You're looking for opportunities to share the gospel. Sometimes you don't have a lot of time. Sometimes you have a very brief encounter, but you can share maybe a gospel track or a gospel pamphlet with someone. Now, listen, I want you to understand this whole idea of making disciples is not just another thing to add to your to do list because your to do list is already too long, right? So I can't add that to listen. It's not just another thing. It's to be a lifestyle as you're going, while you're going, as you're living life as a disciple yourself, you're seeking to make disciples of other people. But then let me also add. There's a next part of the verse. Go, therefore, and make disciples. The next part says of all the nations. And so that reminds us that there are times where God may call us to leave our homeland and travel somewhere else. It might be short term. It might be long term. There are times where you do add this to your to do list and to your calendar, your schedule. Say, listen, I'm going to give dedicated time to go to some place. And make disciples. It might be a local outreach. It could be anything along those lines. But this is talking about the nations. And we know that God does call people to do that. To literally leave their home and their homeland and their family. And to travel far away. And to share the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if he's not called us to do that. On a long term basis. We're making disciples here at home, right? We're we're missionaries here from time to time. Maybe we take trips and things. But if he hasn't called us to be a career missionary, to be one who actually leaves, what do we do? We pray for those who have been called. And we financially support those. We did that today through the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. We do that every Sunday as you give your tithes and offerings. A portion of that is forwarded on so that the gospel can go to the nations. But beloved, listen, all of us are missionaries. You don't get a pass because you gave today. You don't get a pass because you pray for a missionary. If you're a child of God, this command is for you. This command is for me. All of us who know Jesus, God says this, go therefore and make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them. All of us are involved at one level or another. And so we're to make disciples, first of all, by going. But then we're also to make disciples not only by going, but it says next by baptizing. Now, when you have shared the gospel with someone and someone comes to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the next step for them is baptism. And if you're discipling that person, you need to encourage them to be baptized. Look at verse 19. These are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Very interesting there. Notice the word name is singular. And then you have the three. You have the Trinity here. One God in three persons, co-equal, co-eternal. We sang about it today. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and so forth. And so we know that he tells us that we're to baptize these disciples. Baptism, real quickly, and we've done a whole message on baptism, but baptism is the public identification with Christ. And in the New Testament, it is assumed that a follower of the Lord Jesus is going to be baptized. It's just assumed. And if you're a Christian, you need to be baptized. Amen. I'll amen that myself. Jesus said that. Jesus said that. Now, I know it's not essential to go to heaven. I understand that. But if you're able to be baptized, it is essential for you to be an obedient child of God to be baptized. Because if you choose not to be baptized, you're disobedient. Jesus said, go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Don't minimize what God has emphasized. Don't downplay what God has said to do. Jesus said to baptize those who believe. And some people say, well, you Baptists, you just want to baptize. Yeah, we want to baptize people because Jesus said to do it. He said, make disciples by going, sharing the gospel with them, seeing them saved, and then baptize them. Where they publicly identify with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's part of making disciples. Now you've noticed I keep talking about making disciples. You picked up on that. Making disciples. Disciple making. And I've done that on purpose today. We're creatures of extremes a lot of the times. You ever notice that? And so there are churches today that are real heavy on evangelism. And their whole philosophy of ministry is evangelism. And so that is you go out, you get people saved, you baptize them, and then you get them witnessing to other people so they can get saved and baptize them. And then you get them and they continue. And it's all about evangelism. And then there are other churches that are heavy on discipleship. And the whole philosophy of ministry and their whole time is spent teaching and training and Bible study and those sorts of things. But very little time is spent in evangelism. What I want you to understand today, beloved, is this. It's not an it's not an either or situation. It's a both and I want you to understand and never forget this, that evangelism and discipleship go together. Evangelism and discipleship go together. It's not just evangelism. It's not just discipleship. Those things go together. It's called making disciples. Go, therefore, if you're going to baptize someone, it's assumed that you shared the gospel, won them to Christ, then you baptize them, and then you teach them. Now, what happens, beloved, is you have a church or a group that has an overemphasis on soul winning, and all they talk about is soul winning. All they talk about is evangelism. And what can happen very quickly there when there's not much discipleship, it can lead to a very shallow and shaky faith. Because that's the only thing they know. But then on the flip side, 
a church who overemphasizes discipleship and neglects evangelism. You know what that leads to? It leads to spiritually constipated believers who can become Pharisees of the highest order, who have very big Bibles and maybe very big egos and yet no heart to win lost people to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not an either or. God has called us to make disciples, and that includes evangelism and discipleship. I think uh, Craig Blomberg hit the nail on the head. Here's what he wrote. The ministries of the church overall must reflect the healthy balance of outreach and inreach. Reaching out with the gospel, discipling on the inside. Jesus calls all Christians, listen, I love this. Jesus calls all Christians to be both witnesses and disciplers. That's why Jesus says here what? He says to you and to me, child of God, go! Go. Share the gospel. Evangelize. Tell them about me and then baptize and then disciple those that are saved and baptized. You see, beloved, making disciples begins with evangelism, but it doesn't end there. It moves on to discipleship and it moves on to maturity. And as the Bible teaches, it moves on to making disciples who then go out and make disciples, who then go out and make disciples, who then go out and make disciples. And you see this spreading over and over again. And that brings us to this third part that Jesus says here. So we're to make disciples by going, by baptizing, and then he says by teaching. Now, you realize, I hope, beloved, that salvation is more than just fire insurance, right? It's more than just a get out of hell free card like Monopoly. Say, well, I said the prayer. I got my get out of hell free card today. It's more than that. Can I just say to you, beloved, I want you to hear me carefully and clearly. Heaven is not the only goal of getting saved. Heaven is not the only goal of getting saved. It's a glorious benefit. It's a glorious blessing. But it's not the only goal. You see, beloved, salvation, coming to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, puts us back into a right relationship with a holy God through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're being reconciled to God. Not just about heaven. That's glorious. I can't wait for heaven. But that's not the only goal. Salvation puts me back in a right relationship with God because I've been separated by my sin. But through Christ, I'm reconciled to God. I'm made a child of God, an heir and a joint heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's the thing, beloved. God is working to make us like Jesus. God is working to make us like Jesus. That's part of salvation and discipleship, if I can say it that way. He wants us to be like His Son. Look at Romans 8, 29. It says, For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. And so God is at work to make us like Jesus. And that's what this whole discipleship process is about. And that's why He says here that He wants us to teach those who come to faith in Christ and are baptized. Notice it says, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always into the end of the age. 
And so someone comes to faith in Christ, they get baptized, and they join this body of believers. And then they're to be discipled. They're to be taught the truth of the Word of God. And that's why there's such an emphasis here upon prayer and Bible study and preaching and those things as we're seeking to go and disciple these people, to make disciples, to mature them, to help in the process that God is working in each of our lives to make us like His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And this maturing takes place. And by the way, we're all still growing. None of us have arrived We're not going to arrive till we arrive there and see him face to face. But God has brought us together as a church family, as a body of believers to help one another to grow in the things of the Lord. Put your finger there if you want and go to Ephesians chapter four. I want to show you a beautiful picture of this. Ephesians four verses 11 through 16. Talking about. Making disciples, maturing disciples, discipleship, this body of believers, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. <clears throat> I come to this passage because it reminds me of what I'm supposed to be doing, because it addresses me specifically as your pastor. It says in Ephesians four eleven, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Now watch verse 12. Why? For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying or building up of the body of Christ. Now look at verse 13. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He's working to make us like His Son. He's working to mature us. Look at verse 14. That we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. You know, I think about that at times and I see things come out and I see pastors and they're warning about it. And I, I wrestle with that. You know, what do I say about that? You know, I, I just saw lately the, the movie Shacks coming out and, 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 and it teaches all kinds of wrong things about God. And, and I think, well, should, should I talk about that a lot? What about this over here? What about that? What about this? But I think, no, what I need to do is keep calling you back to go deeper and deeper in your knowledge of the Word of God and the truth of the Scripture so God can mature you so you can make up your own mind and realize what's right and what's wrong. That's what's going on. Verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But watch this, verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up. <laughs> Boy, you ever want to just tell somebody that? Grow up! May grow up in all things into Him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every joint supplies. According, see, we're all working together according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself. How? In love. Isn't that a beautiful picture of how the church is supposed to work? The church is God's idea. The church is important. We've already preached on that. And one of the reasons you're here is that this disciple-making process, we're working together with God, with God the Holy Spirit, in each other's lives to help mature one another and bless one another. So here we are, disciples, seeking to make disciples who then go out and make more disciples. So I've got to ask you today this question, where are you... In this whole disciple making process, where are you at this whole disciple making process? First of all, have you become a disciple? 
Are you a follower, a learner, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you saved today? Are you a disciple? If not, beloved, I invite you to Christ today. Turn from your sin and place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're saved, have you taken the next step? Have you been baptized publicly in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? Publicly identifying with Christ, saying, listen, now I belong to Jesus and Jesus belongs to me. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. And I want to identify myself in public baptism. I want to be immersed. I want to be showing the picture of the death, burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. The death of my old man and back to new life. The new man. Have you been baptized? Third, are you actively growing in your own discipleship? A lot of what we've been talking about in this whole series is discipleship, isn't it? Spend time in prayer, spend time in the Word, spend time in church. Are you personally growing as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? And then here's the tough one, I think. Are you seeking to make other disciples? That is, are you sharing your faith? Are you living a lifestyle? Are you on mission? Are you looking around, looking for opportunities to speak a word for Christ? And then I might add to that as well. Are you helping someone else to grow? Are you discipling a younger believer? The amazing thing about the Christian life is we're all at these different levels. None of us have arrived yet, but we're all at different levels. So there's folks who are not quite reached the level of maturity as you. There's people that are more mature than you and they're helping you and you're helping them. And we're helping one another in this whole process of maturing and growing. Now, beloved, I've got to say to you today. This passage of Scripture is not the great suggestion, it's the great commission. Jesus has commanded us. This is not an optional thing, you know, like we go to the car dealer and say, well, I just want the basic model. I don't want all the bells and whistles. Well, this is in the basic model, beloved, of discipleship. This is not the deluxe version. This is the basic model right here that God said to us. Jesus said specifically, I want you to go. I want you to baptize and I want you to uh, teach. I want you to make disciples. It's for every follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. But here's the great thing. We don't do it alone. We come back to what I talked about at the beginning. Jesus has all authority. Jesus has given us the message. He is the message. And Jesus has promised to be with us until the end of the age. And so I want to say to all of us today here at Red Hill Baptist Church that we need to step out in faith and obedience and go and make disciples. And baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey all of Jesus' commands. And I believe, beloved, if you're going to truly make your days count, if you're truly going to have a heart of wisdom, Psalm 90, verse 12, if you're really going to do that, you have got to spend time making disciples. And so I close with the words of the Lord Jesus today. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Father, your word is clear. Jesus' commission, His command here is crystal clear. Help us to obey 
to go, to baptize, to teach, to make disciples. Depended upon you and your authority and your presence and your command. Father, I don't know where each person is in this disciple making process today. If someone here does not know you, I pray that your Holy Spirit would grip their heart and bring them to faith in Christ. During this invitation time. For other believers who maybe have not taken seriously this command, this commission, I pray that you grip their hearts. Lord, it may be somebody to be baptized, somebody to be doing other things that you're leading them to do. I pray your Holy Spirit to have his will and his way accomplished in this time. Help us to be on mission, to live a lifestyle of disciple making, to go and make disciples. And thank you that you go with us. Your will, your will be done now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning. 559, Rescue the Perishing, Care for the Dying. Beloved, has it really, really gripped your heart? Do you really believe today, as the Bible teaches, that every person who dies without faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, they've reached the age of accountability, Every person who dies without faith in Christ, they're going to go to a Christless eternity in hell. They're going to be there forever, suffering, conscious torment, if they do not repent of their sin and place their faith in Christ. May God grip our hearts today. The altar is open. I invite you to come. Maybe somebody's in your heart. Maybe some person, maybe some family member, somebody to come cry out to God for and then go and seek to win them. To faith in Christ. 559, you come as we sing, Rescue the Perishing 559.